Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. Welcome to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Visit joy.org.au to find out more about our Joycasts. Salut tous mes belles gays et mes beaux lesos. C'est Matthew Mitchum et vous écoutez à Joy 94.9. Hello and welcome to Being There Done That on Joy 94.9. Thanks for being with us. I'm Chris. I'm Gordon. And that must make me feel. How do you feel, Phil? I, I fill bottles with water most often. Oh, do you? Okay. <laughs> That's a very good thing to do in summer is keep hydrated. And use tap water. Yes, don't bottle stuff. It's dearer than petrol when you buy, pe- buy bottled water. And it's no good in your tank. No, that's Don't right. Don't do it. No. Don't put water in your petrol tank. No. Definitely or not. Or sugar. Or diesel in your petrol tank either. Oh, wouldn't that make you that's, run like a truck? That's been done before today too. A very By expensive. Mistake. Very expensive mm. mistake, yes. Yes. Uh, I, I think they've got nozzles uh, fit different sizes yes, and yes. everything like my, that. My nozzle just has to fit perfectly into my tank as well. Nature is a bit like that as yes, well, isn't yes, it? Yes, it does it does it very well. Mm. We used to watch hummingbirds feed from our balcony. Did you? And the little nozzle goes right into the plant. Ah. So While they the f- sit there like a little helicopter. <laughs> so the bird is actually adapted to the plant, or does the plant adapt to the bird? I don't know. Maybe they just met and just got along like a house Serendipitously. See, I was going to say that, and then I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Do you realise it's a week gone by already? Since we were here last time? Oh, exactly. Well, in the same way that the, the, the day since yesterday. Yeah, yeah. It's just amazing. <laughs> it kind of happens every week. The, the, but the seven days go so quickly. And, the, and here we are again with a whole new program of bits and pieces. Bits and pieces indeed. Historical items, hysterical items occasionally. Mm-hmm. Courtesy of Phil. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Philip, you're very happy now because the Simpsons are coming back on air. Yes, but... Somebody please at Channel 7, I don't want to see the 30-year-old episodes. I want to see ones from this year. Please. Right. And so far they're ignoring me. (laughs) (laughs) Because, of course, you can say the scripts of all the existing old ones as you've seen many, I can pretty well talk along with them, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, have a conversation. That's what we like to do here is have a bit of a conversation between us three and we we don't mind you listening in and we sometimes can hear your screams of agony from the other side of the radio. (laughs) Well, that's one thing about radio. You don't know what the audience are doing because when I listen to the radio, I sometimes answer back or I sometimes I'll be listening to some twit raving on and I'll say, get him off, you know. You've realised. I usually just correct people because I know everything. Oh, is that what it is? Yes. It's a good way of being. Mm. So who are we talking about today? Well, we started our program with 
Matthew Mitchum speaking in French from yeah. his good old days when he was an Olympian. He now, could that's speak, quite a few years ago, isn't it? He could speak any language he likes to me. Oh. <laughs> and Phil. And, <laughs> <laughs> and we've just learnt that the French from Matthew Mitchum is Matthew Mitchum. Yes, it's amazing, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> um, when, when did he actually do his diving? The uh, Olympics... Yeah, uh, Beijing, Beijing, wasn't it? Beijing Olympics. He was, yeah. That's back they in two thousand and eight. I was just going to say they did occur in a year, two thousand and eight. <laughs> I think it yeah. was. All right then. Yeah. Well, we'll trust you on that. I, but I, I stand corrected, or I'm seated corrected. Well, well, the <laughs> best thing on television that year was when he did his, what was his gold-winning dive? A ten. Boat dive, yeah, yeah which has never been done before. Before he got the score, though, he got out of the pool and was obviously so happy, just went through his boyfriend and kissed him on the lips. Yep. Yeah, okay, that, that was a brilliant moment. Yeah. And and when he did that, he was almost dry because he was such a – he didn't make a, a splash going into the water. <laughs> and it, it seemed like he no, was – he, ri- he ripped it, as they <laughs> say, when he dived into the water, he ripped yeah. it, yeah. yeah. And then, as you say, Phil – Straight out of the water over to his boyfriend. Wow. Mm. I don't know what the crowd reaction was. I can't recall. Uh, they they were they were still cheering, and um, I don't think that they were that stunned because he had already come out. Yeah. And so when he raced over to his and it, it you see other uh, contestants win things and they would jump into the stand and go to their mum or dad or husband or wife or whoever, but he had the right idea just to go and um, grab his partner and give him a great big oh. kiss. <laughs> <laughs> Good on him. Good on him. The we've sensor button nearly came out there. <laughs> yeah. And we've we've come a long way since, you know. He has actually come a long way but himself. not in the sporting field. Because how can you beat gold medal at Olympic in diving? Everything from that point on was it's gonna be a bummer, it's gonna be a downer. Yeah, but he he was also um he had he was also not going to a dive anymore at one stage because he was having um mental illness problems and all sorts of things you know and he he decided he wouldn't dive anymore and then he yeah, sort of and it was his decision and then he came back to doing it and um, yeah. he was made, made he wanted to be at the um, Olympic Games and uh, so he managed it and uh, finished up with that absolutely magnificent did you see the dive though That the dive was absolutely incredible mm, what he did yeah. and, and straight into the water mm. in in his 19 his 20, 20, 2012 book uh, Twists and Turns um, he, he sort of detailed how he was confused and anxious, mm. uh, coupled with low esteem and self-harm and depression. And um, it was his coming out story, the fact that he was gay, that he was trying to achieve everything in the sporting field as well. Mm. And then after the Olympics, there was a, the great Let vacuum. Down. The great down. Let, Yeah, mm. you mm. couldn't keep going at that. Mm. And uh, he was sort of detailing how a lot of this precipitated his temporary use of crystal meth Mm, and mm. he recovered himself from that as well which is brilliant and would you know he's into another industry these days entertainment well he's no he's beyond that now has he gone past that he's a very talented young man with a ukulele and voice yeah Yeah. he is while the nation celebrated the yes result Matthew released a series of his and his and hers and hers collection of cognac diamond rings. Oh, that'd be nice. And he said he prefers the, the cognac colouring in the, the diamond to the white diamonds. 
I'm with him there because I think white diamonds look terrible. They look cheap. They, well, I, yeah, yeah, but I haven't got any, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But can I read a quote from him about the, the marriage equality? Because he said, I don't want marriage equality for me. I want it for the queer elders who fought so long and hard and sacrificed so much for me to enjoy the rights I have today. And for the baby queers, so they don't have to grow up in a world where they are second-class citizens and feel there is something wrong with them. That's a very powerful statement. Mm. It is. Mm. Mm. You can see that he's regained his confidence when he's able to put that together as a mission statement. Yeah, well, he's found himself. He's also quoted as saying, the thing that was most helpful for me was knowing that I was loved and accepted for exactly who I was. This is what we all want, isn't well, it? Well, that's peace, isn't it? That's yeah. peace. Your yeah. peace of mind when you when you can be accepted by exactly. every, all your friends and relations, yes. And he's still with his partner of 11 years, mm. Lachlan. Mm. And, but no, I wouldn't let him go. Well, no, no, no. Lockie's uh, onto a good thing there. I think Ma- Matthew might be as well. Yeah. They hadn't discussed tying the knot, mm. even though they've been developing, or he's been developing this line of uh, wedding rings. We haven't bothered, Mitchum said, because it hasn't been a possibility. But now that the results of the survey have been resounding, yes, Mitchum and Lachlan will finally get to have that conversation. Mm, well, good because on a lot of people, even though they are in a relationship, don't necessarily want to be married. They just want to have the option. There was a, a lesbian lady on the television one night. She said she and her partner had been together for something like 30 years. And she just said, why spoil a good thing by getting married? <laughs> you get which, less terms of murder. Yeah, which I thought was a very nice statement. If you don't want to get married, you don't have to. But you, well, it's least, compulsory. At least you have the opportunity if you wish to do so. You have the right. Which is what right. we never had. Yes, you had the right yes. to do it. Yeah, which and we it never didn't had. hurt. And look where the sky is. It's still up there, it's Phil. It's still up there. Yeah, it hasn't fallen on chicken licking at all. No. Oh, well, that's good. But, um, yeah, so good on you, Matthew Mitchum, for, for doing that sort of, all that work and uh, a lovely statement about did it for the elders. Yeah, yeah. beautiful. That's what us in this room is, elders. <laughs> <laughs> we note the passing on the 2nd of March 1999 of the UK gay pop singer Dusty Springfield, born on the 16th of April 1939. Mm. So she died at 59 years old after a traumatic Mm. life psychologically Mm. and Mm. then Mm. the trauma of cancer. Cancer at the end of it, yeah. She had two careers, didn't she, really? She had a great career as as part of the Springfields. Then she went on to become a soul singer in America and they couldn't believe that a white girl could sing like that. She had an absolutely brilliant voice, but she went through a hell of a period where she she had a lot of um, mental uh, illness as well, you know, and she had a, she had a bit of a struggle there for a long, long time. But then she finally came out of it, and it was the Pet Shop Boys that brought her back again. They resurrected some of her songs and mm. said, "We want Dusty to sing these with us." But she was gay. Oh yeah, a gay lady. Yeah, yeah. She had a, she had quite a few relationships in her musical career life. Yeah, I've got my suspicion about the Pet Shop Boys personally. Mm. Anita, who used to do Women on Waves here, gave me the Dusty Springfield book to read. And it was a very, very interesting story, if you can get hold of it. It's a very interesting story about one woman, how she had to put up with all the things. She she was an absolute perfectionist. She would sing one note and say, that's not right. And they'd do it over and over again until she got the note right. She would be in the recording studio for hours. So they named her after the studio equipment, because after a recording session, it would be so dusty. Thank you, Phil, yes. <laughs> mm. She was afflicted by Catholic guilt. 
And that's something that Matthew Mitchum had as well in his life mm. that he's acknowledged. Mm. And he used to have a little rubber band on his wrist and flick, and, it. and flick it every time he had a queer thought or anything like that. And then he got to the stage, no, there's no reason for my guilt. I am a creation of God. And that was it. Well, all cre- if, according to the re- all religions, we're created in God's image. So, yeah. hmm. But you've got to get past that point to have self-acceptance. As a teenager, I would have run out of rubber bands. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I would have too, I think. But I never had any worries. I just came out and said, that's a bit, I'm, I can't, couldn't care less. Let's have a little bit of a song from Dusty Springfield. In the middle of nowhere. Oh, we are too. Listening to a Joycast from GLB TIQ Community Radio Station Joy 94.9. You're with Chris Gordon and Phil. Been there, done that on Joy 94.9. Yes. Joy to the world. But we usually say that one. (laughs) Joy to the fishes in the deep blue sea. Joy Joy to you you and me. me. Yeah. Oh, very good then. I tell you what, there are a lot of people having a lot of joy these days because they're with their, the fight for their acceptance it's becoming more broad spread and I'm talking about the transgendered part of our community I've sort of mentioned in some of these shows our shows over the last six to eight months that the, the temperature is warming up for them as much as yeah. it, it, so it has should. been for us yeah so it so should their time is present it's coming we've had films like Trans America and we've Someone with who's had a, a birthday coming up. Fourth of March, nineteen sixty-nine, was born to Sunny and Sure Chastity, who now calls herself Charles himself, Charles. I beg your pardon. Yeah. Mm. So we've got that particular current generation person in the public eye. They're also getting a lot more on television about the transgendered people. A few weeks ago on Backroads, they were up in Violet Town where there was a, a transgendered. Uh, woman up there yeah and it was absolutely amazing the way he was accepted in the whole community of violet town so it's not always just what happens on the other side of the world or in tinsel town or with a famous family Mm. it's the ordinary person in the street i love the part where he said when he went to speak to the policeman and said he was transgendered and the policeman just said come here you bitch and give us a hug you know which (laughs) i thought was absolutely wonderful because the policeman up there must be absolutely superb because they've got a rainbow flag on the station and they've got the rainbow flag on lots of places so Violet Town must be a very gay friendly place and it's a pretty little place too. I've not been there it's always just it's off passing the main through. road yeah <laughs> yes. yeah I mean that's the beauty with the going on the, 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 the major the highway. highways these mm, days mm. you don't have to slow down for the little places and the little places still retain yeah. their innocence. Yeah. And the other story that appeared on TV not so long ago, I think it was on the drum on ABC. Last Friday. And it was still available on on iView. iView. Australia's first transgender priest, Dr. Inkpin. It's a wonderful story. I didn't actually see it on air, but I've seen a a printed version Mm. of the story. Well, I saw it. When this particular priest is an Anglican priest, started life in the male gender Mm -hmm. and has now transitioned to the female gender so as a registered practicing priest male priest he's now a 
female priest. She's, yeah. she's now a female mm-hmm. and transgender priest. So the, the occupation, the trade has carried forward. Mm. And would you believe that the congregation has been on the journey with yep. her all the way That's as right. well? Yeah. And I think whilst there's been some reluctance to accept her situation... You know, the, there are deniers oh, yeah, and well, people who can say, oh, we'll save you from this. And, you know, you really are uh, what you're not. Early from an early age, Joe Inkpin was well aware that she was in the wrong body. You find that in most of them, that from a young age, very young age, they, they realise in their, they're in a wrong body. In the old days, you couldn't do much about it. But no. now you can, of course. Well, she used to like dress-ups. But and she realised that she was trapped in a false costume, encased in something that doesn't fit my spirit. There was no gender mentioned in there at all. But the solution to her wrong spirit was to seek the medical solution. Yeah, but she was married and still with the wife, and the <coughs> wife discovered the underwear that mm. she she didn't wear, and she, and she asked her husband of the time what it was. He confessed then about his situation, and yeah. she she was quite okay with it. And and he they're still together and still working in the church, which but is rather good. It's mm. an amazing amount of courage required because you would oh. know. From, I would imagine a very young age when your parents and society are telling you who you should be, yeah, and you know you're not. Imagine having to go through that as a child with no power to resist yeah. and being constantly corrected if you say no, I don't want to do that. I want to do the opposite. Mm. We'll say, no, you know, little boys don't do that. And they're doing it in the best spirit, the best intentions. Well, that's why a lot of the decisions should be made when the person, just before puberty, so that, in fact, they've got a... Chance uh, to stop the um, natural progression of the the human body. Mm. Well, to redirect. But they need to be given that courage or that freedom, which would be counterintuitive to well, most parents. Of course, there is a big clinic now at the uh, Royal Children's yeah. Hospital here in Melbourne that does that. But what you just said, it's the parents as much as the person that needs to actually recognise... They have to hear the words. They mm. do. Mm. And they and have to understand the, the process. Yeah. And because I can't imagine how hard it would be. Oh, the You courage. know to your soul that it's wrong. Mm. <laughs> you know you're in the wrong body. <laughs> well, in the same-sex marriage debate, we've seen the Anglican Church have quite a divergence of opinion. They haven't even addressed the situation of transgender amongst parishioners, let alone amongst priests. And mm. so the church is having to go through this learning process and understanding and exhibit tolerance. Well, isn't that what the Jesus was supposed to have been trying to teach everybody? Or, mm. You know, but it seems to have gone a long way from what he was teaching. Yeah, to it what doesn't take a lot of thought. They're people. True, <laughs> true. They're people before and afterwards. <laughs> it's interesting that the language that the churches use has been modified over the, the various years. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, modern English is used, mm. or the or the language of the country rather than Latin mm. is used, and even the pronouns him and her and it have had to be revised out of the words and the prayers. Mm. But on that same program, there were several other um, transgendered people as well. Eddie Ayres, who used to be uh, Eddie Ayres, she used to be. She's now Andy Ayres. 
was absolutely wonderful, quite forthright on that program. She used to be with the ABC. She's still with the ABC up in Brisbane, actually. And then there was Kate McGregor, who was in the army when she was transitioning. Great mind that woman has. And then there was another person said to be a psychologist. And I thought, well, because they're talking about transgenderism, they would be having somebody in of the of psychological bent mm. to talk about it. It turned out uh, he was transgender as well. And you wouldn't have picked him in a million years that he he had transgendered. Yeah. And he was very, very good. The, the, the four of them on that show were absolutely wonderful. It, it, and if you're mm. interested, you should check the ABC. It would be on iView, I'm sure. A couple of little things. We've just seen that simple fact in the marriage ceremony. It's a marriage between two people, That's not right. between man and, man and woman. woman. There aren't prayers that recognise that there are people away from this binary gender identity mm. 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 and... They've got to invent prayers and create or whatever, create the environment of acceptance. Well, that's what they're all supposed to be about, isn't it? I mean, the Catholic Church at one stage wouldn't let you have communion if you wore your rainbow badge I still think you're barred from having communion if you've got your scarf and your rainbow badge on. So uh, there's a, a lot. A lot of distance for the churches to carry on. There's been some very interesting articles in the paper lately about the way the churches have been carrying on with the child abuse as well. Mm. And uh, the Victorian state government have got a law uh, to be passed um, that takes the church's entity back to the church where they had split themselves away. They said that the church's stuff was nothing to do with the Catholic church. And they're going to have that law thrown out and people will be able to sue the church for what they want. I'm so glad to be an atheist. So am I. (laughs) Don't have to worry about it. You feel sorry for the people that it's affected by. Uh, But also, I suppose we are innocently glad that we are cisgendered. We are happy in the gender that we were born with. Oh, yeah, yeah. And therefore, we can't really have an appreciation of how uh, a gender dysphoric person might see the world. Can I just add, we're so happy with the gender and the body we were born with, we selected as our partner. (laughs) Yes, yes, that's we true. We can't do this silly straight that's thing. Right, yeah, 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 girl yeah, jabs. Yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> I'm afraid I'm too old to change anyhow. Nobody would want this old body as a woman. <laughs> <laughs> I second that. Thank you, Paul. <laughs> uh, you're with Gordon, Phil and Chris. Been there, done that. Joy 94.9. We're going to hear from Empire of the Sun on our way home. That could be the story of people changing gender as well, couldn't it? Oh, yeah. Find more Joycasts and show blogs. Go to joy.org.au. You're with Chris, Phil, and Gordon. Been there, done that. Joy 94.9. We were talking earlier about Dusty Springfield and her tragic encounter with cancer. Mm. 
And it does seem to be that if it gets caught early enough with yes. modern drugs, they can actually pull it back into line. They can do things with it, which is what they couldn't do in the old days. Yeah. yeah. However, we've just received this news that Stephen Fry of QI... And documentaries and every sort of bit oh, of Oh, that's right. Yes, he's, he's, he's a man he's so for all famous, seasons. Yeah. He's announced that he's been battling prostate cancer. For the last two months, he said, I've been in the throes of a rather unwelcome and unexpected adventure. The broadcaster revealed that he'd had his prostate removed after his doctors found an aggressive cancer at the end of 2017. Oh, dear. I'm sorry I haven't felt able to talk about it till now, but here I am explaining what's been going on. It seemed to go pretty well. They took the prostate out and they took out 11 lymph nodes. Mm. And Fry, who'd been pulling out of presenting the BAFTA Film Awards for the first time in years earlier this month, described the cancer as an aggressive little bugger. Because mm. he's just been married recently. He just married his yeah. partner recently when they brought in the marriage law change in uh, Britain. He's married his partner, and so he's going through a bit of a rough time with that. I know of a man who would not have the digital rectal examination, and he finished up dying of prostate cancer. And it wasn't a very nice way to go. It's a very, very painful way. And, of course, the great footballer Teddy Whitten was the same. He wouldn't let the doctor examine him properly. And um, he was gone as well. After a certain age, they don't sort of worry about it too much because they say you'll probably die of old age Mm. before you'll die of prostate cancer. Mm. If it's not aggressive, leave Leave it it alone. alone. Don't Mm. stir it up. Mm. Melbourne Queer Film Festival is about to happen. Within the program, there is, as always, quite a good representative collection of films for the the male gay, for the lesbian, and for the trans Trans community community. Mm. as well. And I think that if you really need to be educated about trans matters, it wouldn't hurt to include one or two of the trans Mm. films Mm. in your selection of the films that you see at the festival. We're all represented in that film festival. It's really quite wonderful, the films that they can find these days. And uh, it's, uh, it's, it's good because it not only gives people a you get an idea of what the lesbian community are doing and feeling whether you've got the gay community then you've got the transgender community Mm. and if you know what's happening in each of those communities it makes it much easier to talk to people well that's why i always also like viewing some of the foreign films because films Uh, Mm. The environment in which the queer person is set can influence the outcomes of their story. Plus the actors are looking really good. Yeah, one year I I was a a patron. I I gave a fair bit of money to one of the lesbian films that was made that was shown in the the, the film festival. Mm. 5th of the 3rd, 1974, was born Matt Lucas, the UK comedian from Little Britain. Don't want that. And a few other things like this. And we were talking about (laughs) Dr. Inkpin. That's right. right. Now, Dr. Joe Inkpin. Matt Lucas has got his own little character, almost of the same name, Andy Pipkin. Now, Andy was shown as the character in the wheelchair. (laughs) Don't want Uh, it. (laughs) And (laughs) it, it, it was interesting how he would leap out. And and he would go and do all these magnificent physically active things and then get back into the chair so that he could be wheeled back up the hill or, or yes. into the car or whatever. And or get he, an ice cream or something, yeah. yeah.
the one that he did where he dived, he jumped off the 10-metre tower. He got out of the chair while David Williams was arguing with the, the pool attendant or something about her, about somebody being in a wheelchair. He got out of the wheelchair, climbed the thing, jumped off into the water, swam around, got out of the pool and sat in the, sat in the thing. And when, when he turned around, he said, oh, but you're all wet. <laughs> And didn't realise what had happened. It was it was classified as as the funniest comedy sketch of all time on British television. It even out uh, performed the uh, dead parrot sketch from the Monty Python show. Oh right, yeah, that yeah, was yeah, voted, yeah, voted yeah. one year as the best. Yeah. Um, talking about people sort of trapped in their bodies and actually not being trapped in their bodies when they're given the right stimulation to their muscles via their brain, uh, it's been reported that some people, some residents in oldies homes, have been invited into silent disco. They have been given a set of uh, wireless headphones mm-hmm. in which they're played or at the one time, the same music. a dozen people, mm. uh, and, and they've got this rhythm. It mightn't be what we would call music of our favouring or their favouring, but it's music with a solid rhythm. Mm. It's something that the residents can relate to, so it might be an older, familiar song, mm. but it gets their feet tapping, their arms moving, and it's been a wonderful way for reactivation of circuits within the dementia patient's brain. Music is a thing that you, you learn when you're very young. I think we're all born with music yeah. in us. So it's something you never forget. And I remember reading years ago about Vasilev Nijinsky, who was the greatest ballet dancer of all time in his era. He was a forerunner to Rudolf Nureyev. Nureyev talks about Nijinsky a lot, or he did talk about Nijinsky a lot. Nijinsky finished up with dementia as well and finished up in an old, old person's home. And one day they were in the home and the, somebody put on a piece of Tchaikovsky's music. Oh, that he would have known And he from got his up and he days. did the whole dance to that. Wow. And that was the last, they said that was the last performance he ever gave because it was a couple of days later that he died, which was unbelievable. That's the power of music. You know. it's, that's why soldiers have military music oh, yeah. to march to so they keep in step. Mm. Uh, the, the, the body has involuntary reactions to music the and to rhythm. rhythm. Rhythm is the thing. When you, when you go to a gym, most of the music that they play in a gym is 4-4 four, four time which is yeah. the best way to keep rhythm. You keep your, everything's going at 4-4 four, four time. Is that why you go, why you go to the gym 4-4? Four, four? Four, four. Or why four you go to the gym? Four. Yeah, four, four, four. It was much better in my head. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you've got to be careful in nursing homes playing an infectious beat. Why? Because infections in nursing homes are really bad news. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> what happens if your piece of music is in three beats? In three, four time? Yeah. Uh, well, you'd probably want to get up and do a waltz, I would think. Well, I don't you, think you'd you know. You, you see, that's the problem that I don't know that, as the current generation might tell us, well, you they, don't. they don't have 3-4 music. They only have 4-4 four, four music. 3-4 time was the old waltz, route, waltz rhythm, and even now, at my age, I can remember, I can go right back to the songs that I heard in the Second World War, and I can sing, the long, sing every one of them. And Phil, you're very good with music. 
You will, mm-hmm. when I'm when I'm here on a Wednesday morning playing the music, you will come in here and you'll tell me the year that it was done, and, and back in the seventies or something. Philip knows music like you've never believed. He can. Talk. I wouldn't have believed it. Yeah, well, you do. You, you <laughs> I, I, I'm gobsmacked most of the time when you come in here and you can just tell me what that is and well, where I, it was. I grew up with music. Yeah, and but so much of my music is being redone done, today, and yeah, I don't like you, it. What you like they, new compositions rather than reworked. Well, if they can't be original, don't copy the good stuff from my time. Feels <laughs> <laughs> very good with music, I must admit. Every time he comes in and says something about the music, I my I don't show it on my face probably, but my brain goes, my God, he's good. Well, now I'm blushing. <laughs> <laughs> but it is. It's amazing what music does. And I had a, a friend who played a piano at nursing home, go go around to the aged care facilities and play yeah. to keep for, for entertainment for the for the residents. Well, you can hear a song. It's like smells too. Yes, it'll take you back to a, a place and time. Usually decades ago, mm, yeah, yeah, and it's just—it's well, a memory refresher. Philip, I can—I watch some of the railway shows that are on, and when they show a steam train with coal, I can smell that train mm. because it was so strong when I was growing up. We were had. Now, we who's had steam the guy trains. that does that show? Great. Uh, railway uh, journeys. Yeah, he's, he was the, he was the minister. Portillo. For, Michael Portillo. Well, he was, was spotted on Pupping Billy yes. recently. Yeah. Oh no. And. It was suggested that he's in Melbourne doing a great railway bus replacement service show. <laughs> <laughs> but he was the Minister for Transport in the Maggie Thatcher. No, not Maggie Thatcher. One, the chap that well, followed Thatcher. That, he was the Minister for Transport. You see the one with the colourful jackets? Yes. yes. He's okay. cat, Another he? story I've heard about him was he had to go to a work site and they gave him a high-vis jacket, and they apologised that he was now less visible than he was with his original one. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's another thing about you say about smells, but my friend was playing music in the, uh, an aged care facility one day, and everybody was singing along, and they were having a great old time, and the, the nurse came up to um, Joan after she'd finished, and she said, see that lady in the chair over there? She hasn't spoken for 20 years, and yet she was singing the song that's, but, that Joan was playing. You know, wow. a bit like one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Yeah, a bit like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's that's the power of music. You're on Joy ninety four point nine. Been there, done that. Gordon, Phil, and Chris. This Joycast is a free service brought to you by Joy ninety four point nine. Support Joy ninety four point nine by becoming a member at joy.org.au. Yes, you are with Phil, Gordon and Chris. Been there, done that. Joy, 94.9. I tell you what, talking about being there, done that, have you ever been to the Mardi Gras? Well, I have, but I wasn't one of the 78ers. Oh, neither was I, but I've been, I've marched in about four of them or something. Have you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. well, I did my trip to Mecca. I went to Oxford Street and I've been to two of them, I believe. Just yeah. watching. Yeah. Oh, right. No, yeah. I didn't get I've involved. I've never seen a full one. I'd like to, I'd like to go back and have a look. Because we were standing way down the back and it took us an hour to even move and we'd been there from five o'clock in the afternoon. Mm. It was just such a long time. Such a commitment. Yeah, but when you're standing there and and everything's happening around you, it's quite a buzz and it's quite fun. Mm. It was on this month, I think it was the 3rd of March, was it, when the New South Wales police apologised for the trouble that they caused during the original first 78 Mardi Gras? Well, 
Did you watch that film on ABC, Riot? Yes, that was on last Sunday night, yeah. Yeah. And it absolutely brilliant. It wasn't a documentary. It was a story of the people that were actually involved in the forming oh, of that right. thing. The whole story was about the people that did it. They, they were actors playing the real parts of the people. They had Peter Bonsall Boone and his husband. Yeah, and, uh, it was really, it was documenting the mistreatment and injustice these people had to survive and got them to the point where they'd been protesting and that was getting nowhere yeah, and they were losing numbers. And somebody came up with the concept of why don't we just have a street party. And call it a Mardi Gras. Yeah, and celebrate rather yeah. than protest, which the police saw as a protest. Yeah, well, <laughs> so they, well they, when they stopped him, he said, we're not having a protest much, this is a Mardi Gras. Mm. And uh, and the police still wouldn't take any notice because the police at the time were pretty vicious in New South Wales. They were a law unto themselves. They really were, yeah. Mm. And uh, and they were doing all sorts of weird and wonderful things. And the the two protagonists, the protagonist was a, a gay guy who had he'd obviously been married or had had, had a baby because his daughter was um, had Down syndrome. I beg your pardon, had mm. Down syndrome, and it was that was in, mixed up with it and all the rest of it. And it was just so well done and. Uh, showed you what the actual the police actually did mm. to the to the participants of the first 78 1978 Mardi Gras but it was pretty ugly at the during that when the police were just breaking them up they're throwing just throwing them into the the paddy wagons and without mm. any care and all the rest of it and it uh, it was pretty, no, well, pretty the, awful yeah. on the 25th of February 2016 it's only a couple of years couple ago, of years ago. Mm. Um, the New South Wales government actually apologised to the members of the group of gay and lesbian people who marched in protest of the homosexual decriminalisation uh, in 1978 for the abuse and suffering they mm. endured nearly four decades ago mm. uh, at what became the first Mardi Gras march. That's right. Well, we've got a, a 78 that is here at Joy. We do. Mm. David Macker. David Macker from um, Saturday Magazine. It was a cross-parliamentary truce. Mm. So it was the whole of the Parliament of New South Wales accepting responsibility, responsibility. Mm. Mm. because you know, they were all involved in the making of laws. But on the subject of responsibility, those individuals responsible for the beatings and mistreatment... Mm haven't paid the price, have no, they? No, because oh, they no. took their numbers off. Well, yeah, that was shown on the yeah, they, TV. Well, I knew all about that one. But there was also another show on about the uh, about our rights and, and things. It was on a, a, a week or so ago on, on the ABC called Against, Against the Law. The law. And, and as was, soon as they said the name, Peter Wildblood, I thought, oh, I know all about this. And it I had was read a it wonderful years ago. film, documentary. Documentary style. No, it was, it was a, actors playing the parts. Yeah. But they were interviewing the older was, people during it. was a it. 1953 mm. situation in, in UK. Yeah, yeah. And, and it, w their battle to get through the laws of the time. Well, that they couldn't live under the laws at the time. They were they were they were harassed, and and uh, the police. Um, Peter Wildblood uh, met a, a, a corporal from the air force, and they became lovers. And they were they were really really loved one another. They they just got on so well together and they wrote letters to one another and the the uh, that was incrimination that was the incrimination and and they um they were looking they were trying to get uh, lord montague of Burley as well and his cousin peter yeah. i can't remember his name he's got hyphenated and uh but they um they finished up the going to trial and um 
Lord Montague and his cousin. Lord Montague got 12 months. His cousin and Peter Wildblood got 18 months. And when they came out, they heard about the um, Wolfenden. Lord Wolfenden was doing a, a thing into the the way that the uh, people of uh, like the, the gay people were being treated and wanted to have a whole uh, in inquest into the whole thing and Peter Wildblood was the only homosexual that went to the Wolfenden report not mm. one other person went but he went and he told them exactly what it was like and Wolfenden was absolutely amazed and he thanked him very very much but Peter was the only one that did it see this is where all these problems of things being done in secret mm. need to be turned over by actual witnesses or victims mm. and Fortunately, now the law is is getting to the point where victims have rights. Yeah, but see, but whereas it, before victims didn't have rights. But it took ten years from the Wolfenden report in nineteen fifty seven mm. till they passed the law in nineteen sixty seven to make it make it legal for um, well, to decriminalise to decriminalise the fact that men mm. could have uh, relationships inside their home as long yeah. as they're over twenty one. Yeah. Yeah. And we shouldn't. Or we should also acknowledge that here in Victoria, the wrongs that were perpetuated against our, perpetuated against our community uh, have also been apologised right. for yes, in yes. the Victorian Parliament probably about four years ago. I think they've done most of the parliaments. A lot of the parliaments yeah. have done it in Australia. Mm. It's a token move because the damage is done. Oh, the damage is done for a lot of people. But we live in a better world, so mm-hmm. we'll accept the apology. And see, a lot of a lot of people um, took their own lives because they didn't want to have the stigma of all of it because you were reported in the Truth newspaper here in Victoria, I can remember, because I used to read the truth, which sort of sold some of the truth. Um, but it was, um, yeah, it was pretty pretty horrible if you got caught. Yeah, yeah. And we're talking is- about newspapers, yeah, they're folding. They always fold. That's what they fold when you get them. You know, they wrap them up in plastic. Um, at my way, they yeah, they don't fold them. They roll them up. There we get rolled. Yeah. yeah. No, it looks like the printed newspaper is is going the way of oh, a lot of printed I, word. I love my newspaper. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't like reading stuff on the TV, the computer but screen. But some things need to be described in vision and also in audio, in spoken word. Mm. And Joy is going to be involved next week with the Mardi Gras. Boy, are we ever. We are uh, on channel uh, SBS3, which is the chill channel. Mm. Joy is going to be broadcast all over Australia, wherever uh, SBS3 would normally be seen. That's right. Uh, our audio will be there. That's from Saturday, um, sorry, Saturday morning, one minute past midnight mm-hmm. through to um, four o'clock, four Sunday, o'clock afternoon. Sunday afternoon. Mm. So a day and a half uh, and will include description of the parade as it goes past. That's right, now, don't forget, SBS will on Sunday night be showing, be showing the, the 24-hour delay. So oh, if it? you really want to hear it first, you hear Saturday night. You hear it Saturday night on Joy. But Joy and is also going to be up there on Friday. Uh, we're going from Friday through to Monday with uh, yeah, we will all sorts of all sorts of bits and pieces. Yeah, and SBS three is found on your TV, your digital TV, it's yes. not the radio. Yes, is it on the digital TV? Is it? Yep. Oh, There's a whole bunch of SBSs. That's right. There is a lot of SBSs. Or SBS radios there. Yeah, just, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Just next to Channel 31. Yeah, yeah. 
I had which to is read 44. Hmm. <laughs> well, it's time for us to go again. Oh, not no, it isn't. We're staying. Where did that, that, where did that hour go? Exactly. Where did it go? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so thanks for being with us. Uh, yeah. Hopefully we'll be here next week. We're not going to Mardi Gras. No. But we'll be no. sitting on and watching and hey, listening. But I tell you where you could go to Mardi Gras. Just quickly, <laughs> hey. Hay are having hey, a Mardi hey. Gras on the same next Sunday. They're having a Mardi Gras in Hay, and if That's I had a to, little town on the back of nowhere, they could know where New they're South having Wales. it because they've got a few gay people there, and they figure that they can't get to Sydney, so they're going to have their own Mardi Gras. And if I had the time, I'd love to drive up to Hay <laughs> just to be there. So they're having Hay Hay at Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> Bye for now. Bye. Bye. This Joycast is a free service brought to you by Joy ninety four point nine. Support Joy 94.9 by becoming a member at joy.org.au. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy. Joy.